the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. JKL Engineering, call them today, 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600 for JKL Engineering. This time of year, the temperature, it's getting chilly, it's getting cold. When are you going to first put on your heat? Call JKL Engineering, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Remember, estimates are free, financing is available for both residential and commercial. Hey, face it, whether we like it or not, the heating season is here. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier, Infinity System. Energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, licensed Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL, an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navient certified factory dealer. Call JKL today for system replacement, oil to gas, or for heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. Engineering at 401-351-7600. I'll give you that number again, 401-351-7600. J.K.L., they'll keep you cool in the summertime, warm in the wintertime. Estimates are free, financing is available, and the highest rebates on the market. Call J.K.L. Engineering, 401-351-7600. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, folks, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of our program brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop in and see them. Folks are having a tremendous year. It's Steve and Debbie and Junior and Byron. Everything you need. It's so festive with all the carving pumpkins. And they have sugar pumpkins and fall arrangements and crafts are beautiful. Why not pick up a nice fall arrangement that you could give to someone who's uh, on your list, who's been nice, or crafts, or corn stalks, or straw. Come on, decorate your home, PR Landscape Materials in Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Look for them on Facebook, and they are also, their website is prmaterials.shop. But the reason to get to, take a ride to Rhode Island's number one garden center, PR, Landscape Materials, and Garden Center. Well, good morning, folks, on this Wednesday. It's John DePietro. Um, If you missed it last night, I was obviously there. It was very long. It was a very chaotic night. If you'd like to see some of the video, visit the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, depetro.com, brought to you by R.E. Coogan Heating. But check out the website, folks. We have the video up or most of it from last night, it was chaos. It, uh, I know people want to say it started off peaceful, and it did, but there were the, the bikes are in the city. This, the mayor, Mayor Alorza, hear me out, as someone that has been covering these protests and covering the city, the city of Providence, Mayor Alorza has lost control of the city of Providence. He needs help. This, but the bikes with the protesters at a problem. Last night, 
Who was there last night? You had Black Lives Matter was there last night. You had all these people on the motorbikes were there last night. You had the defund the police crowd was there last night. You had anarchists that were there last night. You had Antifa was there. All forces are joined. It's almost when you go back to, I think there was an episode of uh, Batman where all of his rivals uh, all formed together to try to take out Batman. Riddler, Joker, uh, the Penguin, all of them. All joined for that. That's what it's like. That's who was there last night. Now, it's one thing when you have the protests and then there are people on on bicycles. But when you put in the motorbikes and they're loud in their street bikes and they're revving the engines and they're throwing fireworks and 20 people arrested last night in the city of Providence. Mayor Lorza has completely he's lost control. The police gave a no confidence vote. The city council he's at war with. I don't hear the governor's people backing him up. This is someone who's lost control. This has to be reined in. And they need to change the policy with these bikes. And initially, they have to toughen the penalties and the laws. Folks, this is crazy. As I have put out, they are letting them destroy the city of Providence. That's what's going on. They are letting them destroy the city of Providence by all this lawlessness. Um if you haven't seen the video, I mean, I, I was right there in the middle of the night. It, it, it goes beyond. There was chaos. There was anger. There are people that want to kill police. That's what they want to do. And there, and there were hundreds last night. And it's only because of tr- uh, training and discipline by the Providence police. I, I, they, they could have had 50 people arrested. They could have had 100 people arrested. And, and where they were fortunate was a lot of the arrests took place away from the police station, which is the Providence Public Safety Complex. It, it's not kind of, it, it's a problem and it's a major problem. And I don't think it's going to go away because the people behind the scenes, they are anarchists. They are defund the police. Folks, they, they are relentless. They are highly organized and, and they're now fueling it. And now with the bikers involved, this is a major, major challenge for for Mayor Lorsa, for the city. And and I also, it, it starts to be a grind on the police force because this was, this was not a one-time thing. They're not going anywhere. They were saying that last night and they're getting more people involved and more groups involved. Plus you have the election building up, which is chaos. Something has got to be done about these street bikes and something also, some of the leaders of these protests, I think they need to be held accountable. If you're organizing the protests, you can't just split out of there. That you, there has to be accountability for who's organizing these things, and why are people carrying shields, and why are people carrying clubs, and why are people wear you know they're wearing hel- and now I know why they're wearing helmets. Now before the protest, I want you to know I I stopped by just people wonder, um, but I stopped by surplus provisions Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. And you should stop by, and they have everything. They have pepper spray, they have body armor, and for some people also just know that they also carry, you know, ammo, they have food storage. It's The name of it is Surplus Provisions on Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. You can find them on Facebook. But th- this is what it's becoming like now. That in order, you know, before I go, and then every time I wonder, like, is this, do I really need to? And then I'm there, and I realized last night I didn't have a helmet. And a bottle smashed right above my head. And then what do you do when this people are lighting off those explosives and fireworks near you? It's just not a salute. 
I mean, these are they, they're going to a maybe start a fire, but someone's going to get hurt that way. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure now what else you need now. You know, you need goggles. You need helmets. They have helmets on. Why do they have shields? Why do they have clubs? Why is anyone? Why is the mayor allowed them with these street bikes? He doesn't want to deal with it. Mayor Lorza wants to talk about reparations in the city. Reparations. The city is absolutely out of control. And no wonder the police took a, a no confidence vote in them. I mean, this 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 is last night was basically a walking riot. That's what that's what it was. No one wants to say that, but that was out out of control. Chaos, the anger that is there that people have built up, and and it just started to explode last night. Now, again, we're going to talk to Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, plus an update. Governor Mundo coming up at 1 with the uh, her um, weekly press briefing, and the numbers are going up. So that's important. And then also, I'm going to give you the latest on big press conference today. More information coming out regarding the events of the other night. They're going to show video footage. I'm going to bring you through, folks, again. Go to visit the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And remember, depetro.com brought to you by Just Angels, gifts from the heart. But log on at the website, depetro.com. And folks, you can see all the information, uh, all the video right there from last night. I mean, I had as much as I could stay safe because many of you know. I mean, they they know who I am. They They don't like my coverage. But I had a front row seat, and we take the necessary precautions in order to bring it to you right there at the public safety complex. And you can feel the anger. And there's also, by the way, as I captured, there's fighting within the protesters even. Like they're fighting amongst themselves. And some want to charge the police, and uh, meaning charge after them. And there were people that were there last night, and, and they're looking to injure the police. It's, it's, it's a fact. This element, I hope last night, just totally erodes this media narrative of the peaceful protesters. Hey, I also want to remind you about a great company located in Lincoln, and they service the entire state. And I'm talking about Preferred Towing and Recovery. It's female-owned and operated by Christine, but her and Mark, I mean, they are experts. Preferred Towing and Recovery. They specialize in towing, transport, asset recovery, uh, private property towing services, Mark has been doing repossessions for 30 years, get the job done safely, securely. They also buy older vintage cars, you know, the ones that's just maybe sitting in your garage for the last 15 years. You say, I'm going to restore it someday. Well, you could, or you could just sell it to Mark right now, get some cash, preferred towing. Call them at 401-725-8500. They're also on Facebook, 401-725-8500. Preferred towing out of Lincoln or... Their website is preferredrecovery.com. Preferred Towing and Recovery. Mark and Christine, 401-725-8500. Absolute insanity, chaos last night. And I don't know. I hear a crowd. They're not going to accept whatever comes out. They're not going to accept whatever comes out because their narrative is already set. Their narrative is that because Jamal Gonzalez uh, is a person of color, that a Providence police officer who's white purposely ran his cruiser into him and has knocked him into a coma. And by the way, last night, in the middle of all that, uh, there were questions on on his his health is getting worse, not better. So there's going to be an explosion where obviously 
praying and many of you have heard I interviewed his stepfather and members of the family and last night I wanted to talk with them but it was just so chaotic made it almost impossible all right a lot Dan McGowan coming up plus the governor um Governor Amundo in the latest on this breaking story. Plus, of course, we have the debate tomorrow night. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. 7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor. Or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508 336 7801. Again, 508 336 7801. You focus on your business, let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508 336 7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 24-hour mobile service and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair folks you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go till 2 a.m 1380 try that 99.9 fm again it's a flamethrower uh and you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com joining me right now with the boston globe is dan mcgowan dan uh you've covered the city for a long time and uh, I'm anxious to hear some of your thoughts on last night, and I'll, I'll tell you uh, some of my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I've been thinking about this a lot even before last night. And you know, one of the most interesting things, John, about this, uh, the, the ATV problem that, that the city has had for a long time is, 
if you were if you were to ask the city council, let's say for the last, I don't know, six years, well, I think that's fair. I think that to a man and woman, each one of them would identify as one of maybe the top three quality of life kind of nuisance problems in the city. Um, in the top three, I would say would be ATVs. Um, virtually everybody, you know, has had this in their neighborhood as a problem. Uh, you know, you've had, you've had obviously the very serious incidents that we've seen, you know, we saw over the weekend, but even, you know, situations where a single person is riding, you know, and, and spins out. I think we had a death in Mount Pleasant a couple of years ago for this major, major problem. The mayor has known about this. Uh, and he has gone along with the city council when they make it an issue. They pass an ordinance, you know, to, to you know, be able to take these things away, stuff like that. But the more I think about it, the more I look at this and I see, you know, this is a mayor who, as you know, John, likes to, you know, he, he likes to fashion himself as this, you know, innovative, the country's most innovative mayor or wants yes. Providence to be the country's most innovative city. And taking away ATVs and addressing this problem is, for him, thoroughly unsexy, right? It's just not a top priority. Right. So despite the fact that the city council says that, you know, this is a major problem. I mean, John, I've covered more, uh, you know, committee meetings and public meetings on, on this problem probably than almost almost any other issue in the city of Providence over the last six years. But this is a this is where there's a real gap between kind of what people care about on the ground here in Providence and what the mayor, you know, tries to uh, show about the city, what he cares about. And, you know, I mean, I get it in some ways. It is. It's true. You know, taking away people's mopeds or ATVs, it isn't the you know, the the number one thing on your agenda when you're the mayor. But here's the thing, when you let it go and you let it go and you, you know, in many ways, kind of uh, despite what what they say, you kind of hand. Folks, we're speaking with uh, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe on the John DePietro show. And we're going to uh, continue with Dan and a lot more in just a moment. Folks, um, again, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, um, you, you raise an excellent point, and I consider you an expert on the city of Providence. W what is the policy with, with these vehicles? Because now they're loud, they're fast, there's a lot of them. Now they've paired up with the protesters. L last night was, it, I don't know, how, it, it was just utter, absolute chaos. And it's, it's, and it's it just, it, those vehicles now involved with the protesters that used to just be people on bicycles and now you have those things and they throw fireworks and then they get away quick and it is I, i've just never experienced anything like i did last night no i i think you're you're, you're right you know you have you're, you're not exaggerating here there people haven't seen anything like this no to answer your, to, to answer your first question you know the the thing is there is there's a pretty stringent policy in place that if the city of Providence, you know, if you're on one of these illegal ATVs, the city of Providence, the police have the ability to immediately confiscate and pretty quickly thereafter uh, destroy whatever it is 
their uh, whatever it is you have gotten, uh, uh, whatever they've taken from you. The problem is, is that it's very difficult to actually, you know, to actually take these things. And look, if you ask the police about this, on one hand, they say, you know, it really hurts us that there's no that we can't, uh, uh, you know, chase people. On the other hand, a lot of these guys would tell you they don't want to chase a kid on a dirt bike, generally speaking. I mean, right. That's not the policing they they necessarily want to do. But to your broader point, too, John. Now you're right. You've got an issue where you've already got extreme tension in this city. We had a summer of, of real uh, of chaos in many ways, certainly, you know, for the big ride at the mall. But, but even thereafter, it's real tension. You have a, a terribly unfortunate situation that happens to this young man. And, and you know, you, of course, you're, we're all hoping that he you know, recovers and all that. But you almost get this situation where now you if you're a part of that group that was, you know, that was flying through the city on Sunday, you almost have no choice but to now join on with these protesters. And what you saw last night, John, I mean, you, you saw this. My colleague Ed Fitzpatrick covered it as well. Yeah, you oh, saw yeah. On, one, on one hand, you saw, uh, you know, a rally that that is that is in, in many ways a reasonable thing to do. And then what happens at all of these things as it gets later in the night, as it gets darker, you start, and as the, the, the folks kind of some folks hang around, that's when you start to see bottles and bricks get thrown. And that's when it becomes an incredibly dangerous situation. And I think people are going to look at this. You know, if you're if you're listening to this today, and when you compare it to what happened outside the mall just a couple of months ago, of course, there's no comparison. It was you know, that was massive chaos, broken windows, looting. But let's be real clear. There were 20 people arrested last night. There were police in riot gear. This was a really serious and dangerous situation that happened last night. So you can't just say, well, it wasn't as bad as that, so it's no big deal at all. This was a really big deal. And I think the mayor is going to have a lot of pressure on him to, you know, sort of come back home here and sort of, uh, you know, in many ways stand with the police. Because I think when you listen to the police chief, when you listen to Commissioner Perry, you know, they don't always see eye to eye with the police union. This is one where they're with the police union on. And that's where, you know, it becomes a very difficult situation uh, politically, just as much as it is, you know, generally speaking in society. Now, Dan McGowan, you made some news yesterday. You're the first one that I saw that you have an idea of, of uh, and I think the Globe has reported, where, where this investigation is going. There is a briefing today, yeah. and uh, we're going to get an update on it. The other day I was there, and there certainly wasn't a lot of information, but you have an idea of where this investigation involving Jamal Gonzalez on Sunday and the police officer and the cruiser and where, what exactly they're focusing on. That's right. Commissioner Perry has told us that that. <laughs> Uh, they are kind of zeroing in on this idea that on whether or not the police vehicle actually hit uh, the, the the moped or the the, the, the driver, you know, uh, uh, Jamal, um, uh, you know, on the uh, actually hit him, or if they hit a uh, stop sign, which then potentially hit. Uh, the driver and, and potentially caused a lot of these really serious, again, really unfortunate um, injuries. And there's there's going to be, you said it right, there's going to be a press conference today. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, my understanding is there's going to be video released. Uh, you know, you and I talked, I think, last week about this, John, when 
this is going to be another scenario, another test for Commissioner Perry and, and, and Chief Clements to, you know, really kind of show us every piece of video. Let's see it. Because if we're, if we're all being honest, you know, it certainly looks bad, but we haven't seen video of anything that suggests a direct contact. And so if we right. potentially get some dashboard camera, maybe we get a body camera, something like that. It'll be very interesting to see what that shows. And I, and I, I believe that the police are going to release that today. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401 272 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle, whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle? West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil. Make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred residential commercial fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Call them today four zero one five two one zero two hundred. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website henryoil.com or call them today four zero one. Five two one zero two hundred Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. It's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200 this winter. 
I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Now, Dan, uh, that being the case, it sounds as though you get the impression that they're going to say the cruiser did not hit him. Now, it's still not good that somehow this officer, Kyle Endress, I believe is yep. his name, that he, his vehicle went up on the sidewalk. It, it, he's the one then that hit the stop sign. The stop sign goes over, and then that hits J- uh, Jamal. They're going to say the cruiser did not hit him. And and obviously, they wouldn't say that, I believe, unless they had video evidence to prove that it did not. That's that's right. That And that is what I believe okay. uh, is okay. going to happen. And, and to your point, John, which is really important, th- this will this will not resolve everything because no. a police no. officer taking a tough turn and potentially going on a curb or hitting a stop sign that there's going to be some level of liability there, right? That potentially the officer will be, you know, you know, could be disciplined, something like that. There, there's going to be, you know, a, a part of this that people are going to say, hey, looks like something went wrong on the officer side too. But there's a difference between, you know, uh, hitting somebody and maybe making a poor decision in a, you know, in, in a tough moment. Yes. Now, but going back to just the policy with the vehicles, Dan McGowan, I, I don't know what they do, but even like last night, they they were they rev the engines. They're really loud. They're doing wheelies. It's um, and now they feel more at war and emboldened. And something right. I want to share with you, as someone that has covered this outside of the incident at the mall, all summer when I was would cover them, they they would be loud and they'd be protesting. I don't want to say going through the motions because there was some heated protest. But last night, that that was an that was an angry mob at the end of the night when they ended up at the public safety complex and they're throwing bottles and then they were setting up fireworks and just and I folks, if you missed it, I, I have the video right on the website to be I mean, they anyone that wanted to unleash on the police, they were in the front row and screaming at them and swearing at them and and that that was an uh, that the anger was just causing chaos in the air it reminds me the only thing i can compare to is is that of course that that protest back in june at near the mall but i would say yes the only truly if you really you know kind of uh, take a micro look at that it's where the folks were when they were you know right in front of kind of burning the car right that yes it, that level of anger and, uh, you know, uh, resentment towards the police. And, John, remember, I mean, those things are, remember, that was a riot over something that didn't happen in Rhode Island. Yeah. In this yeah. case, you had something that, that now it's very real because there's at least, I mean, again, you would agree. We'll see what happens on this video. The, that, the video that we have seen certainly doesn't look good for the Providence Police Department. And so it, 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 doesn't. it allows, I think it allows folks to... Uh, you know, to really rally and really feel like now it's now it's personal, now it's real, now it's in Rhode Island, uh, and so yeah, I think that's why. Isn't it? And unfortunately, I I I, I do worry you're not going to see it really stop because no matter what happens today with the pro- with the police department press conference, there's going to be a side that says you know the media is spinning it for the police and the police are lying. 
And, you know, yes. it, it's, it's sort of this this real breakdown in institutions that, that we've always trusted. Uh, you know, it, it, that's a real problem here, just as it is, you know, throughout the country. Folks, so speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, Jim, just two other quick points. Now, his father, Jamal's father, Mark Gonzalez, he was there with Commander Verdi at the complex in the very beginning when we got to the complex. He did have a bullhorn. He did try to address the crowd. But then that was it. He left. Yep. He like he did his part. But going back, listen, we're all sensitive to the family. I've had his stepfather Bernard on each day, but the family was up there on the steps and they were saying the reason that he was hit and being being chased in the first place was the color of his skin and that and that the, the cruiser hit him. And now that's the family saying. That. Right. right. So that's a tough bell to unring. And, and to to uh, I agree with you, no matter what is released today. The narrative on the street is the police hit him and they hit him because of the color of his skin. That's right. But what, one last uh, question for you. The Providence police did take a no-confidence vote against Mayor Lorza. Has the mayor lost the confidence of the city council? Yeah, I think so, John. I, I think so. And, and I would say that normally when you you know, if you ask that question, I say, well, it's with this mayor who, who it, it, it does not – he does not love the politics of uh, just no. of government in general. Just love politics, and so you know, I always would say, well, it's it's always six or seven, maybe eight, who are against the mayor at any given time. I feel like this is one of those moments where there's still there's still a handful of the more liberal members who are going to stick with him. But yes, I, I think this is one of those examples where. The city council looks at this and says, hey, we did our job, right? We passed an ordinance. We took this very seriously, took this very seriously for much longer than, you know, this this recent issue. And it is not, you know, it, it just hasn't worked uh, despite the fact that they, they took such action. So, yeah, I do think it, at least right now. I would say 10, 11 members of the council, when you when you add in both the ATVs and then the, you know, the surge in violence that we saw over the summer, you know, you have pretty reasonable council members, pretty loyal council members, guys like David Salvatore, who are questioning the mayor at this point. Uh, that's a difference than just, you know, a handful of, uh, let's say, gadflies who are just, you know, mad all the time. And, and, and Dan, on top of that, I mean, I think it was three weeks ago, I was at that waterboard on the Friday morning. When there's Mayor Lorza and they crushed right. the ATVs that they confiscated, I'm just curious, and you also have reported that he certainly has had some turnover behind the scenes of people that almost like getting off a sinking ship a little bit. But who, who, and the mayor at that stood up and said, I want to introduce, the, I think he's the best police chief in the country. We have one of the best police forces out there. Whose idea was this to have this public event where they – because they didn't have to do that. No. And a lot of the riders – I've talked to some riders that felt it was like spiking the ball in the end zone. No. It, and it kind of inflamed the riding community I, when they did that. I think it did inflame the riding community. I think that they've yeah. done this a couple of times over the years. And, you know, on one hand, when there's, when there's no tension, when there's just, you know, your normal neighborhood frustration around people riding down my street, let's say – it, it, it's a great photo op, right? The mayor looks strong. The city council members who lead this come out and say, see what we're doing. The problem is they picked a horrible time. They picked a horrible time in this country. Uh, they, you know, they instigated a problem and without having the ability to solve it. They basically said, look what we're doing to your, you know, to, to, to your toys. 
Uh, but you know what? We don't, we don't have the ability to take three or 400 off the street. And I think you add in the tension that we're, we're already seeing. I think it was a major mistake. Honestly, I don't know if that was a mayoral decision versus a city council decision. Uh, but I will tell you that, that separate from that, you mentioned some of the changes in the mayor's office. I know that the mayor, you know, from, from some of the reporting that I've done, I know the mayor was very frustrated uh, on Sunday because he couldn't get a hold of a bunch of key staffers as this accident oh. had happened. And so he's trying to learn what's happening and people, you know, they don't know who to call. They don't know what to do. Of course you can call the police. They, they knew that much, but uh, I think there's real turmoil in that office right now. Cause I don't think anyone knows how to handle this. Um, and it's one of those situations where, there's almost no way to come out looking good. The mayor probably wants to say, hey, I stand with the police here. You know, I'm with my police chief. At the same time, his inclination is always to side with the community. And so, you know, when he thinks the community is really angry and fired up, you know, he's going to, my guess is he'll try to find a way to, you know, kind of split the baby, so to speak, and, and try to figure that out. And it could make him just look kind of weak in the eyes of everybody. And Dan McGowan also, back in June, the morning after the riot, Mayor Lorza said these were not Rhode Islanders. These right. were people who came in from outside. Last night, there was 20 arrests. I haven't seen where they're from. But he also, back in June, said these these, these were not protesters. Last night, that they were protesters. Right. And then it did turn violent. And Dan, as someone, again, I consider you an expert in the city. When's the last time, outside of the riot, that there were 20 people arrested? Oh, nope, right. Mean, Last night, that it, it had the feel of a riot of someone being. I mean, John, there. you don't see twenty people arrested in you know large drug operations in the city of Providence, no. right? I mean, you you don't see that. It's a very rare thing. So you're right. I mean, and, and while it's possible that not every one of these folks will be from Providence, I find it hard to believe. Just as I found it hard to believe back with the riots, that the majority of these people aren't going to be Rhode Islanders and are probably going to be folks that, that do spend time, you know, in the city and, 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 you know, whether it's riding through the city or, you know, more likely protesting in the city uh, at some point. Last night, as I was right on the side, I was right. I don't know if you saw the video, but I was right between where the police were and the protesters. This was after some people started to leave. They were actually holding like, all right, let's take a vote. Who wants to charge through this gate and fight the police? <laughs> I mean, that's the level that, that we're at. And, and by the way, it, yeah, it wasn't fifty-fifty. It was less than less than half the crowd wanted to, but there were a lot that wanted to. Folks, a quick break. But again, the Boston Globe has a big story. Report raises questions about schools reopening in Rhode Island. We're going to talk about it next, right here with Dan McGowan. This is the perfect time of year. If you're going to have any paving done around your home, really improve the look of it. Well, you want to call J. Perry Paving, letter J, J. Perry Paving today at 732-1730, 732-1730. You can find them online, letter J, J. Perrypaving.com. They're also on Facebook. J. Perry Paving, residential, commercial, seal coating, patios. What a difference it makes. How aesthetically pleasing it is. Folks, invest in your home, invest in your property, your business. J. Perry Paving provide high quality, fear pricing, exceptional service. Hey, they'll offer a free estimate. Any project. What a difference it makes. You can have a beautiful home, but if you have a cracked driveway 
or some different cracks or just maybe it hasn't been done in a while, call J. Perry Paving today. This is also a great time of year to have that patio done, seal coating, residential, commercial, J. Perry Paving. Call them, 401-732-1730. They're the best, 732-1730. It's incredible. Asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new project or maybe it's just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing, looks beautiful. Hey, and the snow melts right off it. J. Perry Paving. Call them for a free quote. Maybe you're just thinking about it. This is the perfect time. Have that driveway done, patio done. J. Perry Paving. Call them 732-1730-401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Look for them online at J, letter J, jperrypaving.com, and also on Facebook. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. you got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional, and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's my health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. And it's my health at 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking and it's so healthy for you and your family. Plus, hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in, swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. It's John DePietro. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And then, uh, again, the Globe coverage of Rhode Island. Are you guys still hiring people, we are. by the way? I mean, I know you have a, got- new, 
That is Four fantastic. people we're, 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 we're now still working on hiring, <laughs> so we're going to be a big operation soon. <laughs> that is huge. But report raises questions about schools reopening in Rhode Island. Now, we're seeing the numbers go up, and Governor Mundell press briefing today should be very interesting because the numbers are definitely going up, not going down. But tell us about this uh, the school reopening. Yeah, so, so there's a report, and John, you've been around long enough. There's this Rhode Island Public Expenditure Council that puts out extremely long and very thoughtful, but often... Uh, very underwhelming reports. You know, they're hard to digest and they're things that are meant for policymakers and lawmakers that don't come to any really major strong conclusions. I think this is actually somewhat unique because, you know, these are serious people that took the time to kind of go through the reopening plans for each school district, uh, take a look at, you know, what were the challenges of distance learning? And, And as you said, as we start to see cases increase, you know, that pressure, despite the governor's resistance, that pressure to close down schools and put people in distance learning um, is only going to grow. Right. I mean, that, that's, that, that seems natural. It's going to happen. What this report does a great job of is really breaking down. Uh, to me, the key takeaway is there's a lot of there are a lot of things that the state is just not tracking. They're not tracking, you know, what access looks like. Uh, when it comes to internet access or how many folks have a device, how many students have access to a device. Um, you know, they're, they're not really tracking the quality of some of the distance learning programs. And it's a, it's a huge, you know, it, it becomes a huge problem. I hope that this report, you know, almost forces the state to say, you know what, we're going to do a better job. Because while the governor, I think, deserves credit for really kind of holding the line here and saying, look, we think that schools need to be reopened because you learn better when you're in these schools. Uh, I, I think the, the, the challenge that they have is the, 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 the following the distance learning and, and, and tracking that stuff, it, it, it really ranges from you know, high quality to pretty poor quality. <laughs> and so that's going to be interesting to, to see if, they, if the state maybe enacts some like, mandate to report out some of this stuff. It would be really helpful for all of us and for parents, uh, for sure. Do you think that Governor Raimondo is going to address that, uh, the findings today? I hope, you know what, I hope she does, although when you when you look at, you know, I think the first time positive test rate yesterday was somewhere above 11% in the state. When you're seeing, you know, the just the regular test positive rate in the 2 to 3% range, uh, and then you also have this, you know, this moped situation. I do wonder if the governor is almost not going to be able to get to something about a report when there's just a lot of pressing issues to, to take on today. So I hope she gets asked about it. I hope she uh, maybe addresses it. But but I do think more likely, you know, you're going to hear a lot about sort of the, the increase in cases because I know the, the state and as you were there last week, they there seem to be very alarmed about this uptick. Dan, what do you think Governor Mundo thinks right now of uh, Mayor Alorza? And I mean, she lives in Providence, and <clears throat> her—he um, is the director of administration. But Brett Smiley, he—he he worked with Mayor Alorza. Uh, you know, this whole situation. Wh- what is their relationship like, as far as you know? And and his lack of leadership in different areas it, it it's hurting her administration because this is what people you know are i think it's about. increasing that relationship is increasingly non-existent I, I, you know i think that the the governor 
has been has clearly been frustrated with some of the decisions the mayor has made over the during COVID, right? The closing of the parks and things like that. That those were you know issues that kind of stepped on her toes when she was trying to deliver a fairly consistent statewide message. You know, I, I think generally she feels like. The, I hate to say this, that things can't get that much worse in the city. And what, what I mean by that is, you know, in two or three or two years left in this mayor's term, he's not going to ruin the city's finances to the point of disrepair. One could argue it's already that way. So I think she sort of looks at this or, or sort of looks at Providence as, well, you just you almost tread water until the next person comes in. She would probably hope that Brett Smiley is the next person there. But. Um, but when, you know, unfortunately, she 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 you know she also lives in real life, and when you have what happened you know last night and, and, and what happened over the weekend, she can't avoid those questions, uh, and, and I think she will she's going to have to address kind of what's going on. Is the state going to you know have to step in and help the the Providence police? I mean, they they have been doing that a, a, you know a great deal, but. Um, I think you'll see it. I mean, you'll see it in the way she answers the question, how frustrated she is with the mayor. She doesn't she doesn't glow about him the way she glows about some other leaders in the state. No, definitely not. And Dan McGowan, also, you're the only one that pointed out. I didn't I didn't remember this, but um, on tomorrow night with the presidential debate, there's there's a Rhode Island tie. That's right. Yeah. Kristen Welker, Channel Six, former Channel Six reporter. And I'll tell you. Wow, I don't yeah, I think she that. was there only a short time uh, uh, at the beginning of her career. As you know, Providence is a uh, often a launching pad for, for for people in the TV market because it's a really great place to be a reporter. And you see a lot of people go on to Boston or New York, and you've seen numbers of them over the years. And so that's right. She, uh, Kristen will be the, the the moderator tomorrow night, and uh, and so one that's really exciting. I'll tell you, I did try to get an interview with her, and NBC is locking her down. She hasn't been on TV in weeks. She is. In you know deep in debate prep and not doing any sort of publicity for this, so I won't be able to get her before the debate, unfortunately. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, and Dan, another item that at least I follow your Twitter feed, boy, this this item that Gail Golden may be challenging uh, Senate President Dominic Ruggiero for leadership of the Senate. This, uh, this is a major story. Yeah, kudos to the happen. journal. By the way, they broke that story, and, and it's uh, a good, good, you know, oh, no, right, no, sorry it's, it's totally, uh, totally fine. Well, I learned <laughs> about it through go. your Twitter. Well, it's feed, a so. big. It, this is a big story, uh, and this is what you're seeing in the in in the Senate uh, in particular. You know, people think, boy, and, and for good reason, Nick Mattiello's got a problem as the speaker, and, and certainly got a problem in his own district. But if we're being honest, and no matter what happens there. Uh, the the change that would be made, you know, for speaker is is very like unlikely to, you know, shake everything up, right? You're going to get somebody who has already been in some level of leadership. It's not going to be a massive change on the Senate side, though. Gail Golden doesn't just you know doesn't just see her moment. She flat out rejects the politics of the Senate president and the majority leader. That's the Journal story did a good job of one key thing here. They said. You know, she, she wants to make a run for for the Senate presidency, but she's not ruling out maybe stepping back and making the move for majority leader, which is inside baseball to a lot of listeners. But 
if you are suddenly the number two and you don't like the number one in, in any legislative chamber, <clears throat> you have a uh, – it becomes a much more interesting dynamic. And, you know, look, Gail Golden, she's a uh, – wouldn't, wouldn't deny unabashed progressive um, – wouldn't be the person that I would think would have made the move. To be honest with you, I would have thought somebody like I would have thought yeah. somebody like Josh Miller would have been, you know, a businessman right. who is very liberal, but he's a businessman. Maybe he gets a little bit of a coalition. I think it's a it's an uphill battle for the senator, but it's not. Uh, you know, you're not just fighting. Uh, this isn't, for example, in, in on the House side when John Lombardi runs for speaker every year. It's a long shot. Sure. This is a real right. this will be a real campaign. It'll be interesting to see how many people actually are willing to publicly go along with her. Now, uh, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, you you also are involved with some presidential coverage. And I want to give you a chance to tell people how they can get roadmap the way I do. And folks, there's so much information in there on a daily basis. And then also, just if you don't mind, touch on did did I say that nightly now you're gonna be putting out information about the yeah, I don't know how I'm going to find the time of the day to do this, but uh, but yeah, wow. the, the Globe uh, asked me <clears throat> to kind of put together a very similar newsletter to Roadmap, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but it's called Home Stretch because the idea is over the next two weeks, you know, we're we're in the home stretch of the election, and what you're going to get from me is. Uh, you know, a little bit of original reporting. Last night, I for the first time, I kind of looked at how mail ballots work in each state and when we might know results in each state, which is, of course, really important heading into the election. Um, you know, we're going to look at we're going to do some fun stuff. We'll look at campaign ads, things like that. So it'll be a mix. It'll be every day. In fact, it'll also be on the weekends. Uh, uh, so it'll be every day through the election, at least. And we'll we'll see where it goes. You'll start getting it. Uh, uh, pretty much between 8 and 9 p.m. every night, almost as you're getting ready for bed. And to make it very easy, if you're interested in that, what I'll do is I'll also sign you up for the Roadmap newsletter, which is our daily kind of calling card uh, for Rhode Island. Uh, You know, again, original reporting from me, breakdowns of of the biggest stories of the day, plus, you know, a a look at what's happening today, where's the governor going to be, um, things like that. So if you send me a blank email, again, these are all free newsletters. If you send me a blank email, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com, what I'll do is I'll just sign you up for both and you'll start getting, uh, you'll, you'll get the elections newsletter tonight and you'll get roadmap first thing tomorrow morning. Dan, keep up the great work, folks. He's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Stay you too, safe stay safe out there too, John.